This podcast is offered through the Sacred Community Project, an inner spiritual collective working to lower the barriers of access to contemplative and devotional practices. Through the universal teachings of love, service, remembrance, and truth, SCP utilizes modern technology to promote eternal values. Learn more at sacredcommunityproject.org. Hello, and welcome to the Sacred Community Podcast. My name is Xander, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Today's podcast features audio from Sita Ramdas, recorded during SCP's first Sacred Community Retreat, which was hosted in 2023 on Salt Spring Island in British Columbia. In this talk, Sitaram reads a modified version of the SCP invocation that a facilitator reads before each and every one of SCP's online satsang hangs, and gives a talk on the importance of the invocation and how sacred community ultimately is loving awareness practiced together. You know, each and every time I hear the invocation read, and especially during this talk at the retreat, I get chills all over my body. There's something that I can't really put my finger on about it, but what I can say is that it does a really great job at setting up a container to have real honest discussions with each other without people having to worry about stepping on each other's toes. You know, when the invocation was written, it came out of a conversation that we all had together about our experiences in community, what had worked in the past, what hadn't worked in the past, what we wanted to see from sacred community, what the satsang hangs could be for us, how we wanted to be supported, how we wanted to give support. And it really encompasses all of that into a really succinct way that touches on everything that could come up in a communal conversation. You know, in each and every one of our satsang hangs, people are really able to share authentically, to share honestly how deeply they can go in their hearts. And everybody else who's there is really able to support it. I think largely, in fact, due to the invocation and how it's set up. I think the other aspect that leads to that is the fact that everybody who shows up really authentically wants to be there and is there to intentionally nurture our souls and enter into this practice of sacred community, of loving awareness together. I think both the invocation and Sitaram's talk give a really good sense of what it's like to be in a satsang hang, what our intentions are behind the sacred community retreats. And actually, I'm excited to say that if any of this resonates with you, uh, Sacred Community Project is actually hosting two retreats this year, one on the East Coast of the United States and one, again, in British Columbia on the West Coast of North America. If you're interested at all in the retreats, in joining the satsang hangs and getting more involved, you can check out the links in the description or head over to the Sacred Community Project website at sacredcommunityproject.org to register and learn more. 
I'm really just genuinely just happy right now that we're all here together. Being over there and eating dinner and having conversations and already seeing miraculous things happening. The, the table I sat in, and at one point in time, a lot of the people didn't know each other, but everyone that was sitting down at that table all lived in Victoria together and didn't know it. <laughs> I was the only one. So we're going to chant tonight. But first, I'm going to open up the space. I'm going to read the invocation again. And I'm going to use that as the lens to talk a little bit about what this retreat is and what we're doing. And this is really the, the first true opening into loving awareness. We have come together to invoke the sacred through our shared humanity. At this retreat, we each agree to attend to five things, ourselves, each other, the group, the land, and the shared presence unifying it all. We do this as an act of devotion, knowing that God is manifest in all five. We tend to ourselves by being mindful of our thoughts, feelings, triggers, and motivations, and by leaning to authenticity, vulnerability, and courage. We tend to each other through attentive, compassionate, non-judgmental listening, by letting go of the desire to fix others or give unsolicited advice, and by leading with appreciation and curiosity. We tend to the group by ensuring that space is evenly shared and that everyone has an opportunity to offer their voice. We tend to the land by appreciating beauty and acting as a good guest. We remember our interdependence with the world and acknowledge we are not separate from collective sorrow, collective aid, or systemic influences associated with race, class, gender, sexuality, or ability. We tend to communal presence by actively cultivating sacred silence and by holding our identities, roles, and ideologies lightly so the soul can shine through. With this invocation, we ask that the universal guru guide us as we enter into this sacred space together. So the first line, we've come together to invoke the sacred. Right from the get-go, we're stating that the sacred exists. Deeper than the mind, deeper than the body, deeper than our thoughts or our sensations, deeper than the ups and downs of life, deeper than our social roles, deeper than our sense of self. There's a presence, a sacredness, that all of that fluctuation, all of that change, 
exists within. The one thing that doesn't come and doesn't go, it's eternal, always present, whether we remember it or not. It's been called by so many different names, different people, different traditions over time. I'm personally very comfortable calling that presence God. You don't have to. Another great word for it is awareness or presence, love. One of the names that our teacher, Ram Das, called it is loving awareness. And everything else about this invocation, I can only really understand it through that lens of loving awareness. Because the other part of this line, we've come together to invoke the sacred through our shared humanity. So many of us have heard Ram Dass's teachings about how he loved his wheelchair, uh, he loved the pain in his body. Sometimes he would talk about how he loves his dark thoughts, right? That ability to hold all of it in love. So this presence that's deeper than all these fluctuations is also not separate. It holds all of it in love. So we don't have to skirt around our humanity. We don't have to pretend like we don't suffer, that we don't suffer in our lives, right? That we don't have pain. We don't have insecurity. Yeah, we don't have to pretend that. That too can be allowed. Yeah, all parts of ourselves are allowed. In that way, we hold that for each other. Ramdas was in immense pain. So when he talks about how he loved his pain, he doesn't mean that his pain wasn't painful. Yeah, he's talking about something else. A depth of presence in our being that can truly hold our experience, the pleasant and the unpleasant, the joyful and the pain, in that soft, merciful presence of love. And sacred community is loving awareness practice together. Yeah. So by us attending to our full self through being aware of our thoughts and feelings and triggers, by attending to each other with loving presence. Yeah. We're enacting loving awareness together as a group. And to me, that's sacred community. So all parts of ourselves are allowed and all parts of each other are allowed. And if someone's whole and they're sharing something difficult they went through, there's a lot of ways we can respond. Usually we're pretty quick to want to fix it for them. But if they're a free being, if we're trusting that this is God in front of us, what would it be like instead to just honor what they're saying? Yeah. 
So this is what this invocation is. It's, it's practicing loving awareness together. Tending to the land, appreciating beauty. I mean, we are surrounded by such a beautiful manifestation of the divine. Right now I'm hearing the birds chirping. Yeah. And remembering that we're a guest. We're a guest here in this space. And that can even just factor into the way that we walk, right? Appreciating every step walking through. It also can mean little things, like if we see some trash that fell out of someone's pocket, maybe we pick it up, right? We're all here as guests. And in SCP, it's really important to us that um, however we gather, we remember that we're not separate from the world. It's been my own experience, and I have a hunch that it's other people's experience in this space, that even in moments where we experience the ecstatic, true spiritual joy, that sometimes thoughts come in and we remember about climate change, we remember about all the systemic injustices that exist in the world. We don't have to push that away either. If we live in a world that has pain in it and we're a part of that world, we're going to feel that. And we too can hold that in that love. The other piece about remembering we're not separate from the systemic influences of race, class, gender, sexuality, or ability. I found that that's just another lens for me to sit in, to truly show up in presence. For instance, an easy one that most of us can connect to is that uh, men tend to be socialized to speak first in group dynamics, to take up more space. Um, it's not always true, but it's a pattern that I think we've all experienced. That's okay. And if we can just have that little piece of remembrance, uh, then we can attend to that, right? Making sure that there's space for other people to speak first that uh, maybe would be less likely to otherwise. It's just a small example. And that communal presence, actively cultivating sacred silence. Sometimes when we do our satsang hangs online, as we call them, We'll have stretches of five, 10 minutes at a time where no one speaks. And it's not awkward, it's really full. Uh, and that's a practice that uh, I picked up from Ram Das. I've never experienced silence quite like that in my life, where you could be in his presence, not saying a word, and it just being so full and rich. Yeah. So it's another thing that we can think about. If we're eating, there's a lull in the conversation and then we want to ask another question and it can just be a pause of maybe that's the right question to ask. Maybe we really want to know that curiosity, right? But maybe it's okay. Maybe we can just sit together for a few minutes in silence. In this last piece, asking the universal guru to guide us as we enter into this sacred space. So 
uh, a shared thing unifying all of us putting on this retreat is we all feel like Neem Kroli Baba, uh, a saint whose picture is there on the altar to the right. Uh, we all feel like he is our guru. And, um, and I think it's authentic for all of us that we can't really talk about the spiritual path without talking about him and talking about Ram Das, where to me they're really closely intertwined. Imkrali Baba Maharaji was Ram Das's direct guru. And Ram Das, because he didn't want devotion centered towards him, he always pointed us towards Maharaji. So for us, Ram Das and Maharaji is the form that the guru takes. And so we'll be talking about that. It's not about pushing anything on anyone. Uh, it's about an understanding, a core understanding that uh, in India, it's said that we all have a, a guru, right? There, there's the inner guru, uh, the guru principle. It's a very particular relationship with God where it's the aspect of God that is drawing us towards. Yeah, sometimes said as the remover of darkness, that which removes the ignorance from our eyes. And for some of us, the guru can take a physical form as a physical teacher. For others, it can be what's said to be a more subtle form. I mean, I already had conversations with people at dinner that talked about meeting the guru in a dream and waking up with tears pouring down the eyes, right? So regardless of how the meeting happens, when it happens, we just know it's real. Uh, and it can also be totally just an intuitive sense we have some interconnection with our intuition. That still small voice that guides us to the next step on our path. And that is what we're singing to when we sing Kirtan. This whole totality. Yeah. It's the God that holds all of our experience. It's the God that pulls us towards God, that personal relationship. It's also the God that is infused in every tangible moment of our day. <laughs> 